Hey everyone, welcome back to my Blackadian universe. I, the, the last few, last week has been crazy. The last couple of years has been crazy. Um, we are just living through unprecedented times with um, the global pandemic. Um, so much has been changing in the world. And um, now um, with Russia and Ukraine, um, just things are, um, it's a very scary time right now. It's just a very scary time. And, um, you know, as a black woman, I, um, you know, I see things and I pay attention to things, particularly when it comes to race. And um, I've been really getting down lately about, you know, what's been going on, just, you know, um, how black people are being treated um, in the world and something um, gave me a hope um, you know, something, uh, I was attending, um, a talk and, um, a person that was presenting, you know, basically said, we were talking about, you know, oh gosh, the truckers in Canada, um, it's been in the news, just, um, these people trying to, make some statement about, you know, lifting, uh, COVID public health measures. And, um, they basically said with, regarding those truckers, if, imagine if those, uh, truckers were, um, were black, and, you know, as a person of color, uh, we all knew what it meant. Um, something indigenous groups have talked about. They've, you know, had such violent, uh, in Canada here, um, such violent reactions from the police for their peaceful protests. And what made it stick out to me, what gave me hope was that the person who said this um, was white. And, um, it, it gave me hope that, um, the way I see the world, um, wasn't just relegated to, um, me anymore and people like me. Um, it was opening up, uh, other people's eyes. So, um, yeah, let's talk about it. So for something that's been happening through the pandemic, when the pandemic started, there was this um, unity and it was a very uncertain and scary time and um, it was also um, one of 
the <laughs> this it was just such a interesting time like uh in humanity where we felt united you know there was all these we're in this together hashtags going around people felt bonded I remember you know going out for like you know our daily walks and people would you know cross the street and sort of you know give you a little wave and a nod of being like you know oh I see you neighbor kind of thing it was it was just you know you felt like humanity yes you know we're you did feel that bond of what we're into this together and you know people would be um you know making the best of a just a strange unsure situation um and things started dragging on you know things were really really scary people were losing loved ones really quickly um and you know things really peaked and uh again as i say i see things um through a lens of race it's just you know who i am as a person and there was a shift and I talk about this with, you know, my friends and there was a just, we knew it as, um, as people of color, we felt the shift happen when the data started coming in and people of color, BIPOC people, black people, um, you know, were disproportionately impacted by the disease so the numbers were in and um people that were um black were getting hit harder um than uh, white people that was that was the data that they released you know um, there were, of course, people, you know, never, I am a sociologist, and so data can be used <laughs> so wrongly um, when it's reported, and it's something they caution you against when you uh, use data, but uh, people are going to hear what they're going to hear from it, and, you know, there were other factors, mainly um socioeconomic status so it was people that had to you know couldn't shelter in place which was at the time the only protection we really had um you know masking wasn't really supported widely the vaccine was still under development so basically all you had to do was just stay away from people and people that were um didn't have a way of making money uh and being able to stay at home to do that had to go outside the home, ex- increase their exposure. And so, you know, basically money drove this. And um, in our current, you know, North American society, a lot of people um, that are, you know, have a lower socioeconomic status need to, you know, or happen to be BIPOC people. And so once that data hit, we were no longer in this together. It became 
why am I doing things for BIPOC people? White people became mad. This was something that was being done to them. And that's the shift. So one of the things that <laughs> we're seeing, you know, with um, this unrest and, you know, people are like, is everything getting super racist all of a sudden? You know, I felt this coming ever since, uh, <sighs> you know, President Obama left the White House. There was a shift in people thinking that they were giving too much to black people, frankly. Um, and <laughs> it, so when people say, what is this correlation? Because you never see any black people yelling in the streets about, you know, uh, mask mandates and vaccine mandates, you know, um, you know, I'm sure there's people that aren't thrilled that are BIPOC people that aren't thrilled about, you know, all the restrictions and measures and lockdowns, you know, I don't love it, but I, I'm not running in the streets mad about it. And so that connection is because of that data. That's when that, that shifted, when people started all of a sudden getting super tired of it, it was because they were giving for people not like themselves. They don't see black people, BIPOC people as people. We are the slaves. We are less than, we're less intelligent. We're less worthy. We're less, you know, smart, beautiful, capable. These are the lies that racism tells them that they believe. And they're not making sacrifices for their peers, their equals. They're making sacrifices for people that are beneath them. And so that is the connection between white supremacy and, you know, why people don't feel the need to believe that COVID is real, that they, you know, um, you know, nobody they know has gotten it and they're all fine. It's a hoax and they have to wear a mask. They're thinking that they're giving too much to people that don't deserve it. They're not, they are not wearing a mask to protect their brother. They're, you know, they don't want to um, stop living their lives. They don't want to do something for somebody that um, doesn't deserve it. That's the connection. That's why you see um, the, the truckers flying the Trump flag in here in Canada, you know, um, that none of them were, you didn't see a, a black person in that crowd, you know, that's why they were flying the swastika, um, because they feel put upon for having to do something for the others, um, and that was the shift. And as soon as that data came out, I knew it was a dangerous thing because I knew it was the beginning of the end of the civility of this, because the, the rights of black people have to be fought for. They aren't given out of the goodness of anybody's heart. Uh, people have to fight, people have to die. Um, 
in order to have our voices heard. And um, I just remember sitting with my friend and we were just um, thinking like, let's see how this plays out. And it's unfortunately exactly how we predicted that there was going to be a divide between the haves and the have-nots and just about people saying, let's just forge ahead and, you know, it didn't matter anymore that people were dying, you know, by the thousands every day because it was about freedom. It's now about freedom and it's become a shorthand for white supremacy. And, um, it's, it's a shame because you think that it's, it's a, a, a sad reminder um, when you realize in such an obvious way. One of the things that the pandemic, pandemic has done is really sh um, magnified the inequities and the hatred um, that people have still so, still so, so much for um, black people in in North American society, and it's disturbing to think that um, there's barely a simmering hatred for who you fundamentally are as a person, uh, just so woven into the 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 world, the policies, the the way you have to navigate your existence and it's it's a very scary thing so um i i hate war like everybody uh every sane person um you know the loss of human life is um a tragic thing and it's been so disturbing uh, to just, you know, see um, the suffering that's been going on in uh, the Ukraine. And, um, you know, the the racism that's come out of that, where, you know, people are being unable to flee um, to safety um, because, you know, they're black. And, um, the also the the coverage of it um you know the fact that um there's a great thread on twitter um and uh i can't remember the the uh man's name but he just was like you know the racism that's like it's not even a thinly veiled racism it's just pure you know, racism here, I'm like, you can't see me, I'm like dipping my pinky, and I'm like, it's, yeah, that's pure racism, uh, <laughs> it's just, um, you know, and he, he just has a thread of all the news, um, stations basically saying that, you know, because these are white people that we're seeing, the images are really, you know, hitting home, and they were like, we're not used to seeing, basically white people suffering in war um and you know they're you know they're saying sophisticated these are you know 
uh, cultured people, you know, it's not what we're used to seeing because like the loss of brown and uh, black lives, you know, they're like me. Um, you know, someone shared like a great, uh, sadly very accurate map of like media news coverage. And I, it was like, you know, basically all of Africa was just like coded as like nobody cares. Um, and I was like, it's a hundred percent true, um, that, um, the, the, it's just been, you know, shining a light on that kind of racist coverage. And, um, you know, I, I just, I, I, again, it's obvious to me so, so obvious because, you know, it's how I navigate the world. Um, but it is encouraging that it's becoming very obvious to others as well. Which brings me to the bright light uh, at the end of this long journey, the past couple of years. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was attending, um, like a webinar and, um, they were talking about, you know, these protesters and I don't even think that's the right word for, um, these people. Again, I'm struggling to say something you know, remotely okay about them, but these um, people that were uh, uh, protesting um, uh, the public health measures around uh, the pandemic there and that um, turned into a big white supremacist, you know, harassing disgusting occupying thing and um you know uh one of the people just was like you know they they had known to have guns in their trucks they had um were bringing in gasoline and you know all of these things just you know within um you know the the front of parliament and uh, in Ottawa, and someone said, like, you know, what if they were black? What if they were indigenous? How, how do you think it would have went um, with the protest? Would they have, you know, stayed there for as long as they did? How would the police response have been? And, you know... I could see the light bulbs going on. Um, and it was, uh, you know, that, that, uh, it, it was just that moment where I thought he's changed somebody's mind. If they didn't know you know, I feel like people that come to these kinds of conferences, they feel like they're very, 
um, their allies, that they're, you know, very enlightened, that they, you know, are doing their best to, to make change um, in the world and have equity for everybody. And I feel like, um, you know, I, I talk about these sort of moments where um, I have to remember that people don't see the world through the lens of a black woman like I do so that, you know, I'm like, that's a racism. Uh, it's not as obvious to them as it is to me without speaking uh, it out loud. It's just like air. It's like breathing. It's like muscle memory for me at this, you know, point, which is sad, but, you know, true. Um, you know, I, I, it's been a learning experience for me too, um, that, that, that's, it's not an automatic, uh, for everyone to, to know these things. So when, um, I get inspired by when someone speaks the right words, when someone, um, it's like, you know, tutoring, when someone can teach you something in a different way that just makes it click for you, um, that, um, he just, he found the right words to say, imagine, because they know what would happen. They know that they would have never seen, you know, a group of black people um, making such a statement, um, making such a disturbance um, without extreme reaction it would have never gone that far because they've never seen anything like that in their lifetimes. And they know that the white privilege of having that space to have an, you know, that, that to occupy that space, to, to bring guns, to bring um, gasoline and still be called, you know, peaceful um, because your very skin um, isn't, seen as a weapon, you know, your intent is peaceful. Your intent is just a protest when you're white, but you're dangerous when you're, you know, a child, when you're a four-year-old little girl um, in kindergarten, you get the police called on you because you're not a human child. You're less than human. You don't deserve patience. You don't, don't deserve kindness. You don't deserve privilege. And um, I, I can get so disheartened by the hatred for my people in this world. And I get reminded ever so often and I get inspired to keep fighting when somebody else takes up the fight with me, when I see 
that change happen when I see that moment, that spark, when I feel like, you know, these people are going to have that conversation with their friends. They're going to have that conversation with their families and that spark is going to continue. It's going to have um, a domino effect where people are going to say, hell yes, you know, you're right. Look at those privileged, you know, people protesting, um, you know, their rights. Look at those people, you know, thinking that they don't have to do something for everybody else. Shame on them. Shame on them that they were allowed to disrupt the, the peace for so long simply because they were white. That's not okay. That's not Canada. That's not what we believe we are. That's, that's what I, I, um, that's what gets me going is just that, um, that change that somebody, that, um, that somebody who isn't white or sorry, someone who isn't black is going to have that muscle memory to stop racism in its tracks because, um, you know, we need um, people to see it as quickly and as easily as we do um, to check their people because um, we talk about, you know, being an ally and unfortunately we're at that stage where um, BIPOC voices are strong um but the people that need to hear it the most the people that need to change the most they're gonna need to be white and they're gonna need to um make changes that aren't going to be seen as a bias or as charity um they're gonna need to be the voice of someone that's going to be seen as, you know, having just as much to lose, quote on, like I'm using air quotes, you know, someone who has as much to sacrifice as they do. And because it's the right thing to do, to have equity, to treat children as children, to, um, have peaceful protesters um, of all skin colors. Um, you know, these are the things that need to happen and um, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen because um, I saw it. I saw it. And um, if you are feeling like, I've been feeling, you know, these last few weeks, months, you know, oh God, a couple of years now. <laughs> um, you know, if you're feeling that, um, feel that spark, I'm telling you, it's out there. And um, as much as there's a lot wrong right now in the world, um, there are people that are still fighting to make change as always there's always goodness um there's always that light and um you know we're 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 gonna we're gonna do it we're gonna do it so um yeah um 
that spark. That spark is out there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you next time.